This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. Something horrible happened to me this week, guys. What? Oh. Something what? horrible. Su- Suzanne, did a- you take a bath? <laughs> that is, that was, it was shocking. That was shocking. No, the, the horrible thing was, is I was uh, flipping around Paramount Plus to see what there was to watch. And I came across something that I thought might be good for, you know, our hit Star Trek podcast, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And uh, so I thought, hey, I'll, I'll preview this and, you know, see if it's worthwhile so I can assign it to Paul as I do most things. It was the Comedy Central roast of William Shatner. Oh, uh, I remember that. Oh, from forever ago. Yeah, 15 years ago. And yeah. it was horrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. You know, beyond the fact that I, I generally don't like roasts because they're so often just mean. Uh, you know, I, the, the the nuance of comedy is just mean <laughs> that, that, that's featured there. But See, I love the roast, but I usually like the Friars Club roasts, not necessarily the Comedy Central ones. Yeah, the, what what really bothered me, number one, is you had a bunch of guys on there who uh, were comedians who had no relationship at all with William mm-hmm. Shatner. And that just drives me crazy. I mean, you know, the the roasting should be done by people that you've worked with, people who are your friends. But, of course, as Betty White said, you know, Bill, all your friends are either, you know, dead or hate you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There there were some there were some good jokes, but but I was stunned. Remember, 15 years ago, which isn't all that long ago at the racist humor and the Mm. homophobic humor. I, I, I was just I, I found both of those just shocking, just was awful. I mean, I was I, I, I couldn't get over how awful this was. And I'm like, why is this on TV? <laughs> you know, it was it yeah. was a royal train wreck. It was bad, bad, bad. bad. See, I don't remember that particular one. It didn't it wasn't memorable to me compared to some of the others. I don't remember it being worse than the Chevy Chase one, though, where nobody that actually worked Worked with with him him. was there because everybody really does hate him. Well, and one of the things in this one, like you had the panel, you know, you had you had people on there who should have been on there, like Nichelle Nichols. You had George Takei. Uh, you had Kevin Pollack, who, you know, has built a career on impersonating William Shatner. But then you had, you know, these comedians who, again, have never worked with him at all. And I, one of the funniest lines was uh, after you've got uh, Artie, I can't remember his last name, Jeff Russo, uh, other guys up there doing all their, you know, just very, you know, penis and you know dick and fart jokes. Uh, Kevin Pollack gets up and he's doing a whole bit on on uh, Shatner and he turns around and he says, "Hey, I, I apologize to the kids for not doing all the uh, the, the poopy caca jokes. It's called a career. Maybe you get one." <laughs> uh, but but Farrah Fawcett was on the was on the di- dais. Never been in anything with William Shatner, as far as I know. They they don't know each other, but there's Farrah Fawcett. And of course, this was shortly before she died. She's just sort of post addiction and just sort of out of her mind a little bit. And the poor thing couldn't read her prompter and couldn't tell her jokes. Mm. And, you know, folks are just being mean. Uh, and, and I'm sorry to sound like I'm five years old, but they're just the, the other comics are just being mean to Farrah Fawcett on the on, on, on the panel. And I'm just like, God, this is awful. It was I, I feel traumatized from having watched it. 
See, I love roasts. Particularly, I have uh, I love the old Friars Club ones. I have a bunch of the old Dean Martin roasts. And oh, the Dean like Martin roasts are great. The and those were great. great. Yeah. The Comedy Central ones. The biggest problem is they have their you know their comedians that don't do anything and don't have careers. Correct. Right. Just come up. The they only seem to do roasts. Yeah. And they have all of the same jokes. Yeah. Some of these roasts are just incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. You know, as they don't know the people, they're not actually funny. And it's all the same joke. Like, I remember the Pamela Anderson one. It's like, we get it. She has big boobs. Yeah, right. She, you can make more jokes than just that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, Bob I would, Wire gives you at least you know thirty minutes of material. <laughs> well, you know, Andy Dick was on the panel, and Ugh. all the jokes. I, and he, I mean, I'm sorry, Andy Dick is just gross. Yeah, and, I, and you know, the, all the jokes are about you know how 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 much uh, man sex Andy Dick is having. And I'm just like, come on. I mean, it, you, you are taking the cheapest shots. One joke like that is fine, but thirty of them. You know, and, well, and everybody up there, nor am I, nor am I. But I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't need to hear it. Maybe there could be some editing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's I will live. say I will say one of the things that I did enjoy was when they would cut to the audience and you'd see, you know, various, you know, celebrities that, you know, like Rene Auberginois is there. And, you know, in the first, you know, of course, like like most of these things, the first 10, 15 minutes are, are the, is the time to watch. That's when all the, 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 the grade A material is. And watching Rene Auberginois laugh his ass off and almost fall out of his chair, he's laughing so hard, uh, <laughs> was just a real joy because, you know, uh, Rene Auberginois is one of those guys that I, I really miss. I, I just I just hate that he's gone. And then they'd cut to Carrie Fisher, who's there. And, you know, you're like, oh, man, Carrie, you know, I mean, they, so they cut to these people who, who you're like, you know, 15 years ago, they they looked like they were OK. Yeah, they didn't look <laughs> like they were going to be dead soon. Uh, anyway, I, I, it was Paul traumatized, traumatized. Yeah, I, I've given up on those because, like, I mean, not to, what Wayne said is it's all the same comedians because it's I think it's Jeff Russo runs the shop on yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so it's all his friends and they don't need to know. The, the the person they're roasting they right. just make fun of them and make fun of the other people on the panel and I don't know it, it's uh, it, it roasts had a time and a place but you know when they first started they were kind of funny because they actually did bring in friends of the actor right or you know person they were making fun of like Hugh Hefner or something like that but now yeah I mean and, and to be fair the William Shatner one was 15 years ago and that's how long it, that joke's been been played out yeah. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. I'm traumatized. I'm going to require some kind of therapy. And when all the podcasts that I listen to these days, they have that uh, teletherapy group. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can get a teletherapy sponsor so I could get a discount. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't I don't know what that means, but sure. Sign us up. Aaron. <laughs> so we had some big news this week, Paul. Yeah, you know, for the second week in a row, we're talking about a movie company being acquired. Um, you know, last week it was Discovery uh, purchasing uh, Warner Brothers and all its associated properties. This week, Amazon purchased MGM for something like eight or nine billion dollars, which, you know, Wall Street specifically said that's way too much. Yeah. Because outside of Creed, which isn't really much, it's two movies um, outside of James Bond. 
MGM was not that was valued closer to like five or six. Yeah. Um, but Amazon went for it, and so now Amazon owns MGM. Once you know all the government stuff goes through, Amazon will own MGM, which includes James Bond, Creed films, um, and you know the the biggest piece of it. And I think this is why they did it. Um, wasn't for James Bond. They did it for Epics. Um, you know, the, the cable station epics, which, you know, right. none of us, I don't really watch at all, but I, yeah, I don't have cable anymore. <laughs> yeah. I know very little about epics. Well, epics, you know, clearly owned by MGM. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pay premium movie station, but the, the big deal about epics is that they have a deal with Paramount. And so epics gets exclusive rights to Paramount movies after they hit theaters. Um, now, right now, because of this whole Paramount plus thing, basically movies for 2021 will be. In movie theater, the Paramount movies will be in theaters for 45 days, then move to Paramount Plus for 45 days, and then they'll be on Epics. So basically, 90 days after the release of Quiet Place 2, The Next Mission Impossible, they will Top be Gun. on Epics. Top Gun. Yeah. They'll, they'll, 45 days, they'll be on Paramount Plus. 90 days, they'll be on Epics. So it's th- th- I think that's what they're going for, is is really trying to drive people to streaming services, because that's kind of the new thing. There is I wonder some original GM... I say, I wonder if the MGM properties played something to do with the cost as well, because if they got all the MGM resorts, that's there's a no, lot of those in Vegas. I think it's just the media piece. I don't think they're picking up any of the uh, you know real estate or any of the other holdings. Yeah, that's, that's good what point, I was Yeah, I don't know. That's it, but yeah, I think it's just the media properties because I, but you know, it's, I, I actually don't know on that bit on that well, bit. The thing that I, f- I find interesting is, you know, Epics does have some original programming that every now and again I'm like, ah, oh, I don't have Epics to watch that. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they'll, they'll pick that up. Um, I wonder what they'll do with Epics, though. I mean, will they just fold it into Prime? Um, I'm, I'm curious on, on how that Yeah, I'm very out. curious on that one. And I, probably, which, yeah. hey, you know, that would be great. Will it um, be a channel on Prime that you have to pay extra for? Like, see, I you would know. think they'd just fold it in. Because I, I think what they're trying to – I think the, the value that uh, Amazon is chasing is having people continue to pay the, the, the Prime subscription rate. Um, and so I, I think that folding that in and uh, providing that additional content, uh, they hope will, will help sell that. Cause I, I, so I, I would suspect that Epics would eventually disappear. Yeah, you know, and the one area Prime hasn't been able to compete is brand new movies that are in theaters or right. just out of theaters. Mm, yeah, right. Yeah. Disney and uh, HBO kind of had that locked down. So. Well, and and Prime hasn't had the runaway streaming hit that the other streamers have had. You know, they have not had a uh, a Stranger Things. You know, they have not had uh, you know any of the other number of you know HBO, Disney, etc. Original streaming. Uh, you know, they, they've had some success. You know, like they've won yeah. Emmys and whatnot, but they haven't had the runaway success. Yeah, yeah. Because like yeah. Jack, Jack. Jack Ryan. Ryan and um, what's the other one? The Boys. I mean, they're popular, mm. but they're yeah. not Stranger Things popular. Right. No. Um, right. You know, uh, but I, will, I was just looking at some MGM franchises. In addition to James Bond and Rocky and Creed, um, there's also The Handmaid's Tale. So basically now MGM's making, you know, Amazon's making money from Disney. They're mortal enemies. Um, <laughs> Pink Panther, Vikings, Legally Blonde, Stargate, and RoboCop. So, I mean, most of those franchises are dead franchises, but... Yeah, but Stargate's yeah. due for a reboot. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
universe got cut down in its uh, prime. I'm still I'm still sad about. Well, that. I I do have to say I, I think one of the things that makes MGM worth worth the spend is they've got movies all the back all the way back to the 20s. I mean they they own a tremendous book of classic films mm-hmm. uh, that are not owned by Turner. You know that are not rolled up under what was the AT and T deal, right? So I, I guess now it's Discovery Plus. Um, so it does provide them, you know, some some classics. I mean, you know, all the way up to current day uh, to put in their bank. Because I mean, I, I don't know. I have spent a great deal of time this weekend thumbing through Prime trying to find something worth a damn to watch there. Uh, and I keep going over to Paramount Plus and I keep going to HBO Max that have a deeper, richer, higher quality film bank than Prime does. So I think this will bake in some some quality into the Prime content. Yeah, I mean, I love my Amazon Prime subscriptions, but yeah. I don't really watch that much of the streaming service. Yeah, I mean, short of the expanse, right? <laughs> yeah, know? I mean... There are a couple of shows that they've done that are their original shows that have been good, but I don't really go there for the catalog much. I no. honestly, I get more out of my uh, subscription by buying stuff online and getting it shipped, my Audible subscription, and my Comicsology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's alarming when you see how how big a chunk Amazon takes out of your paycheck. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, it's funny that happened to me last week. I, I got my Amazon charge. I, I, I got this random Amazon charge. It was like $122 or something like that. Like what the hell? I didn't yeah. buy anything that yeah. was that much on Amazon. And I was like, Oh, it's my prime renewing. Which that was the exact same thing happened to us right around Christmas time. And we could not figure it out for about you know an hour. And then we're like, Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. The smart thing about Amazon, unlike Netflix or, or some of these other stations, is if they increase the price on, by a buck a month, it, it kind of is not transparent to you as the um, purchaser, as the subscriber, because you're only charged once a year. I pay by month. Oh, you pay by month, really? Yeah, I don't, do the, I don't do the annual one. I do it monthly. But to, I your, didn't but sub- to your point... And it includes all the free shipping stuff, too, and the Prime exactly. Day deal. So it's like, eh, yeah, yeah I, I get a lot for it. I didn't subscribe until they offered a monthly one. I wasn't willing to pay that one big chunk that I don't mind paying it by month. And like you said, I get a, I use a lot of the Amazon services. The There's stuff for gaming that my wife uses. There's the Audible. There's Comixology. There's the music streaming. There's all of these extras that you get with it the tv streaming has never been a major part of my reason for having amazon yeah i mean i when i first got it they didn't really have a streaming service i just got it strictly i was uh, you know in school and wanted the two-day shipping for when i needed textbooks and stuff right uh uh and you know the streaming's always been kind of a a nice extra to go on top of the uh, delivery i do the subscriptions you know shipping and stuff where i have like the cat food, the kitty litter, the dog food, yep. it shows up on regular days, you know, every couple weeks, every week, depending what I'm ordering. So I don't have to go out and buy some of the basic household essentials. They just show up on subscription. That's incredibly handy. I think one of the best things about Amazon is when I've got to go to the hardware store and I need to buy something that's really big and I don't ha- want to have to deal with getting it home. Yep. Being able to buy it on Prime and have it show up at my front door is awesome. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that. You know, some 200-pound, you know, piece of something arrives, and it's just there on my front porch. All i got to do is get my two-wheeler and, you know, take it inside. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, my last two chairs I bought, I bought off Amazon. Like a living room nice recliner chair. Yeah, and this, of course, is why, uh, you know, Amazon is, you know, killing uh, local economies, but boy, yeah. sure is convenient. And also why they have $8 billion to purchase a $6 billion. That's, that is exactly correct. Well, you know, when you've got stupid amounts of money, you know, what are we yeah. going to do? Well, I see MGM's for sale. Well, it's why we're rebranding to Amazon with Aaron and Polly. That's yeah. right. That's right. Any, any day now. Just, just any, wait for that check from Bezos. Well, before I'm yes. just, I, I, I just want to put it out there, Jeff. We are for sale. We are. Yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you, can, want, you want to get that in before you leave the company because it'll pay you dividends. That's right. That's right. In your All, and, and, you know, in comparison to the MGM uh, deal, we're a bargain. One billion dollars. That's all it's going to take. <laughs> One billion dollars. Billion dollars. And just you get our entire back catalog. You get everything. I mean, and honestly. We're gonna, and we'll I throw mean, in Wayne. I mean, honestly, I, I would do it just for a you know blank check for uh, Comicsology. You know, just everything I buy for Comicsology. <laughs> They're gonna pay you in comic books. That's I, a I dream. Do I do it. I, I will say that's not good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Considering how much I buy in comics each month, yeah, I think that that'd be more than worth it. It, it adds up. It does. It does. <laughs> Well, before we talk about this week's comics, uh, we wanted to get caught up because it's been quite a while since we talked about Superman and Lois on the CW. Well, it's um, because they, they, they took a uh, a break. Yeah, I got to tell yeah. you guys, I haven't seen anything other than episode one. And I feel bad about it, but not bad enough to, like, commit the time to, to get caught up. Uh, the show is really good, Paul. That's what everyone tells me. And I, I don't doubt it. Well, I just eh. – I, I, I would say – the, the 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 most recent episode I watched left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, uh, and and it, I because, had that same feeling, Aaron. Yeah, and and it is I don't know which number the episode. It may be episode seven. I don't recall, but I, I think it's six. It's the it's this it's I am two, this is I am one back. I haven't seen the most current episode yet, but I watched this one yesterday, and it is so much like Smallville up to and including. The discovery of meteor rocks. <laughs> uh, I, I was I, I was very disappointed in the quality of the show and in how much this episode was focused on the teenage angst of uh, Jonathan and Jordan. Uh, I was ugh, this is this is not good. But Wayne assures me that the next episode is much better. Yeah, I realized. Course. Yeah, I realized the show had come back on, so I watched the two episodes that have been on since it came back on during the course of this week, and I had the exact same reaction you did, Aaron, to that first one. It felt like Smallville. It yeah. was here's a new power. I, the kid is adapting to the new power, having to deal with that. Here are people being changed by uh -huh. meteor rocks. Well. <laughs> And I really had that, are they turning the show into Smallville? I really hope they're not turning the show into Smallville. And then they had the next episode. And the next episode is 100% turnaround back to what I loved about the show, as well as a huge twist reveal. So. You know, one of the things that I, I am very deeply impressed about uh, with Superman and Lois is I did not like the two main actors in Supergirl. Uh, you know, when they guest starred in Supergirl as Superman and Lois. But in their own show, I think they've got terrific chemistry. Um, I didn't think they had any chemistry 
uh, when they were on Supergirl. You know, uh, and they, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the makeup crew or whatever. On, I, it does on, uh, seem Supergirl like they're Supergirl and Lois are super, on Supergirl. Lois looked so young, like ridiculously young. Well, and I, like I said, they didn't have any chemistry. So I think it's direction. I think it's writing. And, I, and to your point, I think it's production. Uh, you know, there is a different look and feel to this show than the Supergirl show because the Supergirl show just looks like any other CW uh, DC comic show. I think that the the Superman and Lois shows really kind of has a different look, and I think a lot of that has to do with it being set in Smallville. Now that said, I'm really curious as to why uh, the Smallville Kansas high school football team is playing a football team out of metro- an East Coast metropolis team. I don't understand that. I don't understand why they're you know crossing the country to play each other. Makes no sense. Yeah, I was I was like, um, we don't typically do that. <laughs> you know, high schools don't typically do that. Yeah. And, you know, Metropolis isn't just next door to Smallville. Well, it depends on which show you're on. That was one of the things that always frustrated me is that uh, I think it was on Smallville where Metropolis was only like an hour away. Right. Like some of these shows put Metropolis ridiculously close to Smallville. This one doesn't. So far, it hasn't seemed to do that. Well, I, I think the way they're able to do that is uh, that uh, Americans really have no sense of geography, uh, <laughs> and they don't understand the position of Kansas in the East Coast. <laughs> you know, I just anyway, I, I, I'm looking forward to this to the episode that, that Wayne's talking about because boy, I, I was super frustrated in the uh, episode I watched yesterday. Yeah, there is a huge twist in the one you have coming up. I'm, yep. I, I'm in the same position as Paul when it comes to Superman Lois, which is awkward to say, but uh, I, I'm really kind of <laughs> waiting for a, you know enough to build up that I can kind of just uh, – I like to binge through my TV. Sure. So. sure. Yeah, I was glad time. I had two for this one because if I would have sat for a week on that one episode that felt like Smallville – and look at me, I didn't hate Smallville. It just was so formulaic. There was nothing – it got annoying. Yeah. Well, and I mean how many ridiculous seasons were there? Yeah, fifteen, yeah. something like yeah. that. Crazy. I think it's still on. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think trending in uh, our, our, our the theme of our podcast over the last couple of weeks is talking about Batman nineteen eighty nine. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. Do we have any news? We do. So it was announced this week that the series will be debuting digitally on July twenty seventh followed by um, physical releases thereafter. But um, so if, if you need a reminder, Batman 89 is the upcoming um, comic book series that takes place in the world of Tim Burton's uh, Batman 1989. Mm. And so, you know, uh, the original series continued with two Joel Schumacher films. This kind of disregards that, um, but continues the story as a, well, in theory, as intended, uh, by Sam Hamm, who was the screenwriter of the original two films, Batman and Batman Returns, and is also writing the comic book and drawn by Joe Quinones, um, who had I think he was hired based on some work he had done pitching this project years ago. So you, you definitely have um, you know pretty solid creative team. And again, the writer was involved in the original Batman movies um, this week. They revealed a variant cover. Uh, for the the first issue um, from Jerry Ordway, who did the who actually was the artist on the Batman 1989 uh, comic adaptation, 
um, showing Batman's, you know, swooping down from from Tim Burton's Gotham City. And in the background, you see uh, Harvey Dent Two-Face as interpreted by Billy D. Williams. And so I am so freaking excited for this book. I can't even tell you guys. I, I was pretty excited about the cover that you shared this week. Yeah, uh, I, I, that that looked pretty hot to me. Yeah, I am yeah. I am super psyched for it. I am very excited as well to pick it up. I love the uh, I, I love that era that that take on Batman. I'm I'm definitely gonna be picking up when it comes out. Yeah, it seems to get a lot of criticism from people now saying they never liked it, and I don't get that because I loved it and I still love that first one. The, you know, just the. It was the first time you saw an on-screen Batman that just looked, I hate to say realistic because it was over the top still, but it looked good and the car was awesome. The Batwing was awesome. Jack Nicholson, I thought, did an incredible Joker. And I know yeah. some people really don't like his Joker. No, but it was good. It was good. He was a great Joker. Joker is, as three Jokers showed, there are different types of Jokers. And he played the gangster Joker really well. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is it for me. It is infinitely rewatchable. Um, those those first two movies, and so I'm I'm just I, I, I'm excited. I'm glad they brought Jerry Ordway to do a cover. Um, yeah, and and the fact that Sam Hamm is involved in it is just uh, just sign me up. Just give it to me now. The fact that I have to wait till July 27th angers me. Just angers me. <laughs> <laughs> Paul doesn't want to wait. Don't you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in actual comics that came out this week, uh, Stargirl Spring Break Special, you know, Wayne, you had just mentioned Three Jokers, uh, from the writer of Three Jokers, Jeff Johns, art by Todd Nauk and Brian Hitch on a backup feature, uh, you know, kind of, we've been long looking forward to this book. And, you know, I know Wayne is the the resident Stargirl aficionado, so Wayne, yeah. why don't you kick us off? So I love Stargirl as a character. I have had some issues with the art in Stargirl books in the past, and not a problem here. I love the art in this book. I really enjoyed it. It was a summer one-shot, so you're not going to expect anything kind of too deep from the story, but I like these callbacks to the Seven Soldiers of Victory. I really like this uh, new... I don't know if she's supposed to be a Red Robin or a, or not a Red Robin, a uh, Red Arrow or whatever Green Arrow's new sidekick is. I really like her. I've never read anything with her before, but I think she has some good chemistry with uh, Courtney in here, too. It's Red Arrow. Yeah, much better than... Yeah. yeah, much better than like an Arsenal or a Speedy name, that's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I've very much enjoyed uh this this issue of of Stargirl. I haven't read Stargirl in a long time, but uh, I do remember when I was uh, younger reading about the Seven Soldiers of Victory and Golden Age heroes, and and I really loved seeing kind of some of those characters like the Vigilante and the the Knight come back to the page. I yeah, uh, and I love how they work Green Arrow in. That yeah, he actually <laughs> he was part of the team because he the uh, speedy got thrown back into the past. That was awesome. Now that was such that a, a Jeff Johns retcon? Yeah. Is that a new take for this book? I think the, so. Because the I had first not time seen I've read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also uh, enjoyed this book. I, the artwork was terrific. Uh, I I always prefer uh, Stripe with my Star Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the two of those characters together. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 plus, I just you know love the big robot. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. This this book, 
it was nice to see, you know, the the you know golden age heroes, you know, be presented in such a respectful way uh, and used so well. Um, I like that this book uh, is the uh, preamble to a launch of a new Stargirl series uh, that we see at the end of the book. I, I, I dug that a great deal, and, and I hope that they carry on some of the same tones. Yeah, and the other thing I got super psyched about is the ad at the end. Justice yeah. Society passed his prologue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns. Mm. Well, I'm less excited about the Brian Hitch, though. I, I yeah. know you have Brian Hitch issues. <laughs> I do have Brian Hitch issues. I know. Uh, I, some, some of these characters are not uh, drawn as uh, as well as I would like them to be drawn. Yeah. It, it basically, what Brian Hitch is anatomy is what i have an issue with like it feels like bodies move in a way that they shouldn't be moving exactly you know what well, was a pleasant a presence a pleasant surprise for me in this book is there is um a one page you know between that justice society um prologue book and and after the main story there's um a page of uh star girl like excuses to her teachers yeah uh-huh. and it's yeah. actually written by breck basinger from the star girl tv series oh nice is it? Oh, yeah. I, I particularly enjoyed the fred Hembe- hembeck pinup where's stripesy <laughs> that was funny <laughs> i looked at that one for a while too but yeah i love the teacher's comment on the the notes paul's talking about yeah courtney if you spent half as much time on your work as you did in these made-up excuses you could be a straight a student f <laughs> Yeah, I, I, this was a fun book. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was just nice and, and easy. Re- and it was an easy read. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very Jeff Johns rooted in nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, just it, it was the right the right book to end the week on. Well, and it was the right book to start the summer on. This reminds me of the great summer annuals you used to get. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that I feel like we just don't get anymore. Uh, this it was it was low stakes. A lot of action, a lot of fun. Uh, you get to see a lot of characters doing stuff that you love seeing them do. I, I there, there was just nothing not to like here. Yeah, and I would say if they did a book about this Red Arrow, I would buy it. I the character completely won me over. This is the first time I've read her. Well, Whatever. Sound, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was gonna say it definitely sounds like she's going to be in this new star, at least for the first few issues of this new yeah. Star Girl uh, series. So it'd be cool to to see her there. It's the first time I've read this this Red Arrow as well. Whatever happened to the uh, uh, girl uh, Mia? Yes. Whatever happened to her? You know, I was wondering. She, she was. The same she thing. Was, I don't know. Yeah, she was the you know sidekick in the Kevin Smith written Green Arrow books, and you know she was the one who was HIV positive, and you know, uh, I, I just I really liked that character, but I don't know whatever happened to her. Yeah, you know, I, I don't mean, know. I was wondering the same thing because I have no idea either. Because I, I'm sitting there going, well, she kind of fills the same role as Amia, and you know, even though I didn't remember her name, uh, <laughs> but I, I was like, yeah, you know, why replace her? Is she dead? Is she gone? You know, why can't we have the same person? But anyway, uh, I liked it. I, I thought this was was a great book. It you, obviously you it, you benefit from knowing some of the uh, the history of these characters, but I think you can go into this cold, not knowing any of these people, and using this book as an introduction to these golden age heroes that I think are really well represented here. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to an, an official announcement of a Justice Society book written by Jeff Johns. Same, same. Well, let me tell you about a book that I was really looking forward to. And uh, whew, 
Ooh, it's bad. Uh, so, Aaron, I, I need you to preface this by explaining why you were looking forward to it. Because, you know, the, so we're, Mr. Miracle, the backup feature in those future state books was terrible. Well, yeah, I just, when I found out it wasn't Scott, Scott Free, Free, I yeah. wasn't interested anymore. I was hopeful, Paul. That's the problem. <laughs> Living in hope. I Revol- Revolutions are built on hope, Paul. You might have heard that. Uh, yeah. I, uh, okay. I, pr- I purchased Spawn this week, so I can, I, I'm, I'm no judge. <laughs> but it was everything I hated about the uh, Infinite Frontier. Is that what it was? Uh, future State. Future State. Uh, it was everything I hated about the Future State books. I I, I don't I don't like Shiloh Norman. Um, I don't find him to be a likable character. Um I, you know, him wandering around with found new Genesis technology um, and then, you know, really not doing much with it, not really questioning some things, I, I find super annoying. Um, this, he is an, a jackass in this book. Uh, you know, he does the, he, he asks a woman out on the date, on a date and spends the entire time on the date talking about himself. So I, I understand they're, they're probably setting him up to, you know, hey, you know, here's this, you know, sort of self-centered, you know, jerkweed sort of guy and we change him over the course of time. But my problem is, is that I didn't like him enough in this book and I didn't see anything else other than just some gorgeous artwork, uh, by Yannick Paquette and, uh, who's this other fellow? One moment, please. Um, uh, Yannick Paquette did the did the uh, cover, and the artist on the book is Fico Oseed, who Osio, sorry, uh, who I've never heard of, but uh, gorgeous artwork. But the the character is just so dislikable, and there's just not enough else in this book to bring me back. There's not a supporting cast that I'm interested in. Uh, I think you can set up this horrible guy. and make an interesting book, but you've got to have something redeeming elsewhere in the book, and there just isn't. So I'm hard out on the rest of this. I was really hopeful that uh, – because I like the idea of Mr. Miracle. particularly mm-hmm. love Scott Free. Scott Free is is my Mr. Miracle. But I was really hoping that they'd do something here. You know, uh, give, give me a reason to come back, and they sure did not deliver on that. Is it intended to be a miniseries, an ongoing series? I think it's an ongoing Oof. I think no, it's, it's not. It's a mini yeah. now. I'm I, sure. my, 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 I don't think it makes it out of the first arc. I think it finishes. I think it goes six issues and that's it. Mm. I, oh. I, this book is so bad. <laughs> I, I mean, it is so bad. Ugh. I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I didn't pick it up. Cause again, yeah. you know, I'm not a Charlotte Norman fan, but I love the idea of Mr. Miracle. I love Scott free. And yeah, you know, I was, I was thinking about giving, I was actually thinking about it, but I'm like, Oh wait, no future state's so bad. So I, I think <laughs> the book they need, here's the book I would have pitched instead of, uh, Mr. Miracle with Shiloh Norman. I would have pitched the book, Mr.'s Miracle with all three Mr. Miracles. I buy it. You know, and not each of them having their own story, but they are a superhero team of Mr.'s Miracle. That's the book I would sell. I like it. I do, too. Yeah, Thaddeus Brown, Scott Free, Shiloh Norman, all doing their thing. Yeah. Fighting crime. Yeah, I like it. Give us a call, DC. (laughs) Give us a call. I should say, give us a call Discovery before Jeff Bezos gives us a call. Yeah, Discovery Plus, you need need to snatch us up before Jeff Bezos gets on us. Yeah, yep. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, from DC Comics, we have new issues of Green Lantern and Justice League um, and Crime Syndicate, which I know you guys are still reading. Yeah. 
That's a good book. Are you not reading Crime Syndicate, Paul? No, I only read the first issue. Paul. Paul. I'll catch up on a sale. I know. Paul's the worst. I am the worst. ruins everything good. (laughs) Well, um, also from DC Comics, Batman The Adventures Continue um, Season 2 kicks off. This is written by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini with art by Ty Templeton, kind of continuing the stories from Batman the Animated Series. Um, The collected edition of the first season uh, comes out, and the start of the second season comes out. And so that introduces things like, uh, or characters like Azrael and Deathstroke and the Court of Owls to the animated um, universe and told in the animated style. Um, Also from DC Comics, a book that I'm probably going to be the only one who picks up, DC Horror presents The Conjuring, issue one. Um, Hmm. They're doing a a five-issue miniseries um, set in the world of The Conjuring, and uh, it's written by Conjuring screenwriter David Johnson McGoldrick and Rex Ogle. Um, I think there's a backup story written by Scott Snyder. So seems kind of interesting. I'm going to give the first issue a shot. Um, I, I, I like the Conjuring movies. Uh, for Wayne, there is Crypto the Superdog. Looks like a, a Crypto the Superdog graphic novel coming out next week from DC Comics. Nice. I'll definitely check the art and see if it's a four kids or if it's more of a all ages. To be fair, if it's four kids, does it really matter? <laughs> I, it, it does. If it's it depends all on ages, the level of kid. Yeah. Exactly. If it's all ages, then it's probably going to be good. If it's for kids and it's really cartoonish, then probably won't get it. It looks kind of like the Jetsons in the art style, but we'll see when it comes out next week. Hmm. Um, from Is Image Dog Comics. Astro. Is <laughs> Dog Crypto. <laughs> um, new issue of Noctera from Image Comics. Mm. From Marvel Comics, we get the official launch of the War of the Bounty Hunters crossover from Charles Sewell and Steve McNiven. I'm, 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 don't do it, Paul. I know. Don't do don't it. Do I, it. I really didn't like too it. many issues. Yeah, don't do it. And it'll all be available in Unlimited before you know it. So yeah. they make those Star Wars books available pretty quick. You're not wrong. Yeah. And from Image Comics and Eric Larson, North Force issue zero. What the hell is uh, that? It is a Canadian super team. What? Uh, um, it's got like a bear and a knight, and it looks like Captain Canuck. Can Get you... out, eh? Eh? Take oh, off. Hosa? It, it, looks, <laughs> it totally seems like something I'm going to check out. So I, I, I think I'm going to check out North Force Issue Zero. Can I say um, that I, I deeply miss the Eric Larson superhero books? You know, like, uh, what was it? Freak Force and you know, Super yeah. Patriot and all those. I, I miss those books from the 90s. But I miss that era of Eric Larson. I think one of the issues I have with Eric Larson nowadays is that he's gone so far down the deep end of, like, yeah, sex and 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 just I don't know his art his his you know his art's still the same and I still love his art but you know sometimes I pick up an issue of Savage Dragon and I'm like why is there so much sex in this book and <laughs> I'm not a prude because uh-huh, Savage well. Dragon had some sex at the beginning but like yeah. now like they're straight up like hey I can see your hoo ha. Yeah. <laughs> well, you remember track. I picked up an issue a while back. I described it as it's basically softcore porn. Yeah. Oh. And they were joking about the fact that they're basically softcore porn. Yeah. But I'm going to pick up issue. I'm going to pick up North Force issues here just for the heck of it. I might um, too. I might too. That sounds yeah. interesting. It looks the cover looks like a lot of fun, so I'm going to give it a shot. And it looks like it's led by Savage Dragon. Yeah. And hopefully, maybe, maybe we'll see some boobies. Hopefully, eighty percent less sex. <laughs> 
uh, in in relation to uh, Canadian stuff, I watched a do- a six part or I'm sorry eight part documentary on a uh, murder mystery uh, called For Heaven's Sake. It's on Paramount Plus. It is hysterical. Um, they are solving a murder a family murder mystery from like 85 years ago, and you're know, trying to put all this stuff together. And the two guys who are doing the you know, the two documentarians are just two guys who are like, yeah, let's solve my family mystery. Let's let's you know, it'll give us a reason to have a a documentary, you know, a true crime uh, story. And they they they're both big fans of true crime. And it's just like, what if your two best friends from college decided to go create a true crime documentary? <laughs> It is wonderful. I mean, it's serious. Don't get me wrong, but there are moments like in the first episode. You know, they're 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 building their their crime board, right? So they got their chalkboard and they're doing their timeline and the ultimate goals. They're going to have their their red string leading from point to point. And one of the guys writes uh, is looking at the chalkboard. And goes, did Did you write Mike is dumb on the on the chalkboard? <laughs> and the guy just won't even. You know, he's like, did, did you call me dumb? Did you write that on the chalkboard? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, that is exactly like your two best friends from college decided to make a true crime mystery. Uh, it is it is wonderful, <laughs> nice and very Canadian. It's and that and that that's the point I missed is you know it's set it's the mystery takes place in Canada, and I mean it's almost it's almost like a scripted uh, show uh, because the characters are just so bizarre. It's great. <laughs> What's the name of it sa- again? For, For heaven's, heaven's sake, and it's on Paramount Plus. Okay. And it, the it, the episodes are short. I there's like you know thirty minute episodes. Uh, you can how you much, can burn. How much of the show takes place at Timothy Horton's? <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly enough. Uh, Not nearly uh, enough. season two, maybe season two. All yeah. right. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Well, hey, we want to know what you're watching on your streaming services and uh, what you're excited for when uh, Jeff Bezos or Discovery Plus buys uh, IOM Geek. Give us a call, <laughs> 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you don't know. We might be giving away Prime. We might be giving away whatever Discovery has. You never know because huh. you know we're going to be all part of the big media company. So that's going to be our thing. <laughs> you can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, we'll do it all over again next week, guys. Catch you then. See ya. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.